You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. Welcome to For the Lord, this is Roger coming to you on Monday, the, what is it, 21st of August. It was Eclipse Day. Did you see any of it? I, I looked out the window a little bit. That was it, yeah. It we, was my day off. I wasn't going outside. <laughs> <laughs> the ball of fire is only scarier. I'm not going outside. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've watched enough movies and anime and played video games to know nothing good happens during an eclipse. You could have become one of the heroes. New season of Heroes. <laughs> I don't like that shit. <laughs> I anticipate tomorrow there's going to be a lot of dorky people squinting their eyes at their clock. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and judging by Trump's pictures where he looked up without uh, glasses, I think he's going to be one of those just squinting really hard at the clock. Come on. <laughs> we were actually um, outside of the totality, so we, and, and far enough outside. We were probably at 60, maybe 65%. So, but mm-hmm. like for us, we weren't ready. We didn't have the, the the glasses or anything. And and I really, I value my eyesight. Everything else has fallen <laughs> apart on me. I value my <laughs> fucking eyesight. So I'm not looking up, taking chances with fuck all. And, um, but we went outside and figured, you know, it's going to get darker anyways. And just kind of sit around and enjoy it and watch some videos during the day. It was like barely a cloud cover almost kind of thing. That's what it felt like. So it was like, oh, that wasn't worth it. But there were some amazing videos that came out. So that's pretty cool. So moving that's on. To- Other people watched it way better than I did. So I'll just, you know, live vicariously through them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched a bunch <laughs> of streams today. I watched the PBS one it was actually quite good. I watched the NASA one and then I watched some other folks. I'm going to wait until the really good ones get uploaded that are like at four or five K kind of thing, because those I want to see. Because even the one through that was the one through NASA, I believe. Damn it, I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. Either NASA or, like I said, PBS. The one on PBS was actually quite good. No, it was definitely NASA. Anyways, well, that one was a, f- it was fucking amazing. Like, I, I wish it would have been a higher resolution, but even at, I think it was 720p was the highest. We watched it full screen on my iMac, and, like, you can see the fire around the edge on the ring. It was glorious, just beautiful. I so. actually have to find it. There was a, a short film that uh, was streamed live today to coincide with the eclipse. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it, like of course, the eclipse is a major plot point in it. So they they synced it up. Like, I, I didn't watch it live, but I'm gonna have to find the video. So they cool. said it was only gonna be like 15, 20 minutes. Cool. Yeah, I watched a bunch of things during the day. It was it was fun. Again, it's something that the world shares. Well, North America mm-hmm. in this case. There's actually the next one in 2024 is carving a path right to us. Literally, like I, it was funny because it goes right through Buffalo. So if Tartan Joe is still there at that time, they're going to be able to to see it. And we happen to be like right on the edge of the totality. Like literally, we, we might be a little inside. So that's going to be awesome. Really looking forward to that. We're, I already told Karen, we're buying a telescope with the filter. <laughs> we're we're going to be prepared for the next one. 
<laughs> so anyways, okay, let's talk some games. We are going to be covering a bunch of MMOs, actually, to start with. And we should hopefully have a guest join us in a little bit to talk about Guild Wars 2 because of the beta that we've had for a little bit now that has been really interesting. And I've got some things to say about it. And you will notice Joe's not here right now. You've noticed also we're, this is becoming a thing. <laughs> So we're trying to work with it, but it's harder with schedules and everything else. And right now he's busy, but we are going to split the episode and he and I are going to record another part, which you will hear after we're done here, Vince and myself. And then there is going to be a feature at the end as well in our continuing fuck lore segment. (laughs) I'm going to be talking about a racing game. I thought about that because of the episode I wasn't here and you numbnuts started talking about fighting games. And I'm going, you know what? I think we need an ongoing segment where each one of us can just fuck lore. This is the game I want to talk about. And then we can do that. So today's episode is going to be me. So let's start off then with Wild West Online because we got a what 13 minute video that was released by I believe it was what PC Gamer that talked about a little bit more it's still very early so it shows because you'd get some scenes that are like wow that looks really good and then some other scenes where you're going that is clearly still very early <laughs> alpha that's not done but overall there were some interesting things in it the the problem is is because it's so early there's no real no other people there kind of thing it's very limited like when they had the little roadside bandits thing that was exciting as hell because there'd been nobody there up until that point so you have to believe that once the game obviously releases there's it's gonna be that much more alive because as he's walking around and going into town and whatnot it was interesting because of the dynamics that they're trying to put in the towns and how important those are going to be for the socialized aspects, the, the social dynamics of the game kind of thing. So you can do a lot of different things in these games. It's like when he was talking about PVP and things like that. Well, if you're doing any kind of PVP in town, there's a lot of different rules applied to that, ranging from who shot first, who antagonized who, and things like that. So you can actually play around that system to essentially try to dick around with somebody else and antagonize <laughs> them in, in a fight to the point of even shooting warning shots. And it was like, I kind of like that. I, I really like that when he went into the saloon, all the stuff there as well, being able to play poker with your buddies. It was cool. I'm wondering if I could be like hiding in the corner and shoot somebody. And get them to think it's somebody else and start some shit. <laughs> I, I think you could probably you could probably do that with players. I don't know about the NPCs. I, yeah, I think somebody would still come after you after a while. <laughs> I like the uh, costuming in here as well because it is very much about role playing and less about your um, your your stats and things like that, which would be what it's all about in most MMOs. So I like that. No, this is not going to be... Well, I mean, for what we've seen thus far, it's not about grinding to get the strongest gear for your spec and things like that so much as perhaps grinding to raise enough money to buy that fucking cool top hat that you want kind of thing. (laughs) And I'm fucking all right with that. I think that's awesome. That's how most MMOs should be. (laughs) Well, it's also immersive to the setting. Like, you know, everybody just, you know, in the West, most part, they're dirt poor. They wear the shitty clothes. So you can tell who who's successful just by the fact that they're wearing a white shirt. Like Things like that are important. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, again, looking forward to it. Something I did not like was the blurred screen when he was drinking. 
Because that's yeah. something that WoW does as well, and I fucking hate that. So I hope you can turn that shit off somewhere in the settings. Because, God, I hate that. I know they're trying I mean, for to, immersion, but I hate it. To their credit, it kind of looked like he drank an entire bottle of whiskey at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the idea of, like, buying a treasure map and going off and trying to excavate said treasure. And as he pointed out, once the game's live, try to survive that as well. Because <laughs> it's going to be much more of a newer deal and there's going to be people coming after you. Again, these are all elements that are interesting. And let's be honest, we've played enough of these MMO types of MMOs and all that. There's going to be a very large contingency of assholes. So griefers will far outnumber those who want to be the good guys. So I'm hoping that there are going to be enough, not necessarily incentives, but, well, it is incentive, a reason to play good or a reason to go after those who are quote unquote breaking the law and things like that. I, I really hope that it's not just a, well, we just saw him buy a map. We know where he's heading to. We can easily follow him. It's pretty freaking easy just to kill him and then not just steal his treasure, but also whatever he's got on him. And fuck, maybe his horse too. So, so I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be mechanics in play to make it just as enticing to be one of the, you know, sheriff's deputies, whatever the fuck it's going to be. One of the things that... It's definitely interesting, but I, I I have a lot of issues with it. Is what we saw at the beginning with how they're handling land and housing, because oh yeah, just like the actual West, I mean, there's a limited amount of land. There's not an instanced area where you're suddenly going to go to be your house. Like there's actual land in the game that you can buy, and I mean, first of all, the fact that, you know, your house is just there and people can break in and steal your shit. Like, that's, that's, I don't know how they're going to balance that. But also, like, people who are early adopters to the game are going to have a large advantage in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, literally just buy up all the land. So if you're coming to the game even a couple days late, like, it could be a big barrier. And I can see, like, basically any new player is going to end up having to be a bandit because there's no legitimate line of work left. See, the problem I have with it is twofold as well, and you, you pretty much covered both of them. One, how are they going to do it so that it is a reasonable thing that you would want because it is it does secure your stuff? Because that's what it kind of sounded like during that video as well. It was talking about, you know, you can drop off your gold there and your 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 stuff as well. So if it's, I think the safe house was separate from the actual house you own though really that that's that the impression i got okay because you can have multiple safe houses yes, around the map yeah, that's yeah, your yeah. fast travel but i would assume each player is probably only going to own one piece of land yeah who knows i mm -hmm. if 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 people if other players can break in it's not worth owning because mm -hmm. they will fucking break in we've already established we're all that asshole that would do that so it's gonna happen if and the fact that it is limited, that is what really bothered me. Because the other stuff, it's like, whatever, it'll get wrecked. We'll think of it as, you know, the old abandoned house that everybody parties at and gets a high kind of shit. It's, it doesn't really belong to me. We just hang out there. I'm all right with that. That'll be fine. It's the idea that it's limited, though, because that immediately reminded me of the 
bullshit going on in Final Fantasy fourteen. And yes. Oh, I've heard your honey talk about that often. <laughs> She's none too happy of that shit, and justifiably so. Because, I mean, all these guys would have to do is look at that system and how fucked up it became and how people took advantage of that and how it's pretty and that's much... that's purely cosmetic. Yeah. Like, this it, is going to have gameplay things in exactly. it as well. Yeah, it's, it's an easy fix. All they have to do is make specific houses instanced so that everybody has theirs when they go in. It's that simple. I, I mean, yeah, you're already breaking immersion. Work hard towards to save up to buy a plot of land because if you're, you know, a dirt farmer, you're not going to be able to buy a house really. But, you know, if you're somebody who puts in the time and efforts, like, I think you should be rewarded for that. It's just like it, it's immersive to the setting. I agree. And I also agree with what you're saying. Like, it, it, just because you're allowing again, one house or whatever to be used by multiple people doesn't mean that it has to be simple or easy. It can be bloody expensive. That's, again, but make it something that's appropriate to the times and how much you're making and whatnot. But yeah, it, it just because it's there and multiple people can have it, it certainly doesn't take away from it. And and it doesn't take away the, from the immersion either because, again, it's a fucking game, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, again, if, if your safe houses are safe but your house isn't, they can both be broken into, let's be honest. So it's, it's at some point you have to let go of that shit too and just make it fun for people, so... Mm-hmm. I'm hoping they fix that. Otherwise, again, there was some really good news. Uh, some Not a ton, but a lot of stuff that made me very interested in, in how they're handling this. I'm I'm still worried about what the pay model and the free-to-play model will be like and if worth it kind of thing. And, and I mean, we'll see from there. Yeah, it's it's still unique. It's still doing some things very nicely. And there's a lot of potential for for it to be, you know, something great and some you know, something successful. But there, there's also that potential for things holding it back. But I, I, right now, I think they have more in the win column than the loss column. And in, even the things that we say they're not doing right, there's still plenty of time to fix. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. OK, let's move on to SWOTOR because the next patch, the next big one that's going to be coming out is Crisis on Umbara. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but I don't care. I have actually been out for a little bit now, and so I've, I've missed a little bit in the middle, but not too, too much. But apparently there was one of the patches had to do with your, there's a traitor amongst your ranks and you got to deal with that kind of thing. And then in between, there were a couple of things that were very much just kind of, for lack of a better term, like filler. So that, you know, you could have fun, like the Narshadas summer. <laughs> where they kind of just had these different festivities on Narshada, which I kind of wish I had seen because that would have been awesome. Uh, uh, as opposed to a lot of other people, I fucking love Narshada. I really, really do. <laughs> and then there was another... It, it's one of those things where it's the planet, the setting is all fantastic, but the travel on Narshada was probably the worst in the game. <laughs> I wouldn't say the worst, but it was It's bad. up there. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you're you're right for that but I never minded going through it for some reason. Hmm. Again, it tells you how much like when a, a setting is something that you like and you have fun, then you're, you're all right with it kind of, you know, taking your time. Uh, and then after that, there was the sisters of carnage again. I didn't do that one either. Um, again, that was not as intricately. Well, from what I've read, it, it wasn't as intricate to the plot as the other stuff that had been going on. But then, the uh yeah because the last one was it war of Iacath, i think was the big one 
but anyways, here now you've you've gotten more information about the traitor for uh, the, whatever the fuck happened back then, and you've tracked them down to this new planet, and you're heading over there to to get them. What's really cool about this, though, is the setting. This isn't an expansion. It's just a patch, but they're putting a lot into it. For, for, for a patch, there's a lot, and for a free patch, too. And you're getting a new flashpoint. What they're doing with this, as we've seen in many other MMOs, once again, to encourage you to grind uh, a flashpoint or a dungeon in an instance, whatever, you get a currency from it, from completing it. And the harder difficulty you take on, the more rewards you get from it. And then eventually you can use that currency to buy a number of things from armor to mounts as well. But the best one is you can actually buy a stronghold. Now, Stronghold is, going back to our Wild West Online conversation, is your housing in, in SWOTOR. I actually own a couple. The, the thing is, is I'm really not crazy about it. Uh, overall, I kind I of... have one that I spent like five minutes and went, oh, okay. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I, I kind of messed around with it as well, the, the two that I have, uh, one more so than the other. And I placed a few things here and then and, and whatnot. It's just, I don't know, I just... It doesn't do much for me. As opposed, I, I just did the bare minimum to be able to like trade shit between characters. That's yeah. all I did. <laughs> um, as opposed to like Wildstar, whose housing is so fucking spectacular that for the longest time I was spending more time, as were most people, in fucking housing as opposed to playing the game. <laughs> and it's just because housing is so unbelievably cool in that game. That said, though, for uh, Crisis on Umbara... <laughs> You can the stronghold you can get is the train. <laughs> you, <laughs> your stronghold is a moving fucking train. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to register immediately, but I'm actually now really looking forward to when I resub so that I can go through this content because that sounds fucking amazing. I love that. That's pretty. That's pretty brilliant. Yeah. Hey, welcome. Thank you for having me. You've got a sandwich in your mouth, don't you? I kind of do, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll give you a couple of minutes to finish that while I adjust your sound. Okay, so we are now going to move on to Guild Wars 2 because we had the beta that's been running for a little bit now, about a week and a half, I guess, or so. And they've had a couple of different quote-unquote events kind of things, different zones, different things for you to try out. So I thought it'd be fun to bring somebody in for this because, well, frankly, I know that neither you nor Joe are playing this right now. And so I brought in my new guild leader, actually. So... (laughs) Thank you for popping on. This was very, very short notice, folks. Like, literally 45-minute short notice. And I appreciate you doing this. Oh, you're welcome. No problem at all. So why don't you tell the folks what you do and where they can find you before we get into it? Um, I do streaming on Twitch. And I'm also on Twitter as Girl versus MMO. Awesome. And what are we calling you here now? Uh, you can call me Jazz. Jazz it is then. All right. So we had, like I said, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong then, Jazz, uh, we only had the two different zones, right? Because we had the, the, the desert first and then just over the weekend we had the PVP zone. 
Right. So um, last weekend before last, it was the first half of one of the desert zones. And then this weekend was just elite specs in the PVP and world versus world. Are you certain that it was half of the desert zone? Because everything I'd been reading, they were kind of like humming and hawing at just how, how big the map was. Um, from what I've been told or read or seen, that's half of the first map. Okay. That's a little concerning then. Yes, it is. Because, uh, not because, the the zone is gorgeous, unbelievably beautiful, and even just that part certainly had a lot to it, and if we were still on foot, I wouldn't be saying that it's concerning, but that goddamn mount, as cool as it is in certain ways, is going to render that map and anything that size feel pretty goddamn tiny. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, at the end of the, the weekend, I was like, this cannot be half of the map or this mount is really going to make, or not just that one, because we get like three or four other ones too. It just totally negates the point that these maps are supposed to be the biggest maps added yeah. to the game yeah. since launch. Well, if we take that map and times two, it did not feel that big. It, again, I shouldn't say that. Sorry. If if we were still on foot, then yeah, it would feel quite big. And it would take a long time to get between outposts and things. But on that Raptor, you get through it in like no time flat. And that's even if you get fucking dismounted by a goddamn sand shark. Yes, I totally agree. Like, I'm really concerned. I'm hoping that that's not true, that it's maybe 25%. Because if that's 25%, that's better than 50%. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So then, getting that out of the way then, what did you think of the zone regardless, though? Everything from aesthetics to, uh, because I saw all of your screenshots, obviously, you thought it was as gorgeous as I did, including the unbelievable nighttime skies. Oh, yeah. Like, I am so unbelievably hyped for this expansion, more so than Heart of Thorns, just because I've always loved those zones, and it looked phenomenal. It looked amazing, and I can't wait. Did you play the original Guild Wars? Yes, I did. Okay, so then you had that nostalgia from uh, Nightfall as well. when you Exactly. Yeah, it, and see, this is where you got to give praise where it's deserved, and Arena Net gets it they 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 understand their history and the place that their story fits into that history kind of thing because you're not just kind of dropped off in this area that for those of us that played the original have again that 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 feeling of of remembering a a fond game for us because i've rarely spoken to anybody who didn't enjoy the game who took the time to actually give it a chance and and really play through it. No, you fucking go on like this airship so that you can get this unbelievable vista of, of the zone. And again, we're looking at it now, not simply as players looking back a number of years since we last saw it, but we're also looking through that filter of the character 
and how this has changed over 250 years. So we're really getting an interesting look at a zone that means something to us that immediately then means something to your character too. It was brilliantly done. Yeah, and especially for me because I've modeled my main character. She's actually a descendant of a character from Guild Wars 1 that I had. Cool, nice. Yeah, so like she is, and that character was a dervish, so it's kind of cool that um, we have the new elite spec, so she's a necro, so it's like, it's just a lot, it's just so exciting. Yeah, yeah, that is cool as hell. I didn't think to do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the the zone is beautiful. No denying that. The music, that's the other thing that ArenaNet knows how to do as well, too. And the music immediately puts you back into that feel of the original, too, and for, of Nightfall. I don't know if you felt that as well. Oh, yeah, because a lot of what they do is they take the old tracks and just tweak it a little bit. Yeah. So you can still hear the old game in there. And then looking at the variety of creatures, there were some cool things there. And you can't discount those goddamn sand sharks. God, those were awesome. (laughs) I love those. And then there was also the hydras. And I really dig those and what they were doing with those because... and. And I don't know if this has been in the game before because I've been out for a little while. I just got back in recently. But like as you're fighting them, you cut off the heads and now you're also fighting the head on the ground in addition to the Hydra. Really, really fun, dynamic fights. Oh, yeah, totally. And then especially because the Hydra are part of Guild Wars 1, like when you first get to the to the crystal desert like there's hydra all over the place so it's like a great tie-in they had those old mobs plus the new one and then we can move on to there wasn't much to talk about in terms of the the questing it was cool it was interesting because you're starting off right from the beginning there was some cool lore elements with what is going on with the dragon and how season three is is finishing off so there was some some cool elements there but it was fairly short there was it was not that involved, which doesn't mean the story is going to be short. Obviously, they just cut the beta fairly short, and then from there you were doing a few little events here and there. The raptor race was was fun. I certainly didn't win. <laughs> I thought they could have marked it a little bit better, but maybe that's just my age showing. But uh, but I don't know how much you actually took part in the world, or if you just kind of wandered around. Um, I did the Raptor race, and I also did not win. I came in, like, <laughs> fifth or sixth a few times. Um, but what I did mainly was, like, look for NPCs to talk to and listen to the things that they were talking about. Cool. Was there anything that really stood out for you? Yeah. You get a lot of sense of what's going on in Alona at the moment in the yeah. Crystal Desert. So you have, like, um, all of the royals or elites in Amun or whatever. They're displaced because there's been this huge sandstorm. Um, And then you have a lot of uh, refugees coming in who are are from Palo Joko's land, and they're trying to escape him and all that kind of stuff. I found that incredibly timely. I don't know that it was planned that way by them. I'm certain it was just part of their story, but man, was it ever resonating with what's going on in the world right now. And, oh, yeah. and it just 
it felt like it was properly done too. It wasn't just a throwaway element either, because again, every little aspect of that that they put in there increases the the lore of that world to really create the immersion. And that's something that I feel they've always done very well. Oh yeah, totally. And then I don't know if you noticed, but there was a hero point where um, one of the mobs that you had to fight was actually um, a like a part of Polo um, Joko's army. Yes, yes, I did do that one. So I thought that was cool because you see like what the model is for all yeah. of his enemies and all that kind of stuff. Which was cool as hell. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah, totally. So, yeah. Okay, let's move on to that mount because we did the races. I have been reading a lot of things about what other people thought, too, because I want to make sure, again, like, am I the only one that feels this way? But a lot of people kind of agree with certain elements. There's certain aspects of that, that mount, that raptor, which were phenomenal. Very cool. Everything from the... You know, laying down when you're idle and scratching behind the ear kind of thing. And elements of movement are are well done, some elements. But I found that the rubber banding was damn near nausea-inducing. The, the slow starts, the, the rubber banding at the end, the rubber banding on corners, I just, I could not get used to it. I didn't, I, I just point blank hated it. I did not like it at all. See, I didn't have that issue. I didn't have any rubber banding. It did take um, a while for me to get used to the movement of it. And there is a setting um, somewhere in the options that gets rid of, like, I guess the blur from when you're speeding on it. Oh, nice. To make it easy. Nice. I'll have to look for that. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I... um... It was funny because I, I was playing it for a, a while. And like I said, I did the races and I was, I used it all the freaking time. Well, because once you use it once, it's like, well, I'm not going to run for 10 minutes when I can, you know, take old Sparky out and get there in 10 seconds. So uh, I use it a lot and I was trying to figure out, you know, because I get where they're going and, and how they want to make it feel a little bit more realistic kind of thing. But there has to be that happy medium bef- between a, between that and say the wow, which is point blank, you move, you move, you you turn, you turn. It's that simple. And like one of the ones that I kept going to were like the the speeders in in um, Destiny, like that kind of thing. It was like okay, see that's the just the right amount of essentially drift kind of thing, and that 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 stop and start that I really hope that they tighten up in in Guild Wars because other than that. The jumping around and stuff, the using it for for an opener for for fights, to be able to pull in mobs towards you for a fight, and then the uh, exploration uh, aspects to each of the different mounts, kind of thing. I'm behind this shit 110. percent The 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 leveling, everything. I love it. Just if they can tighten that up, I'll be on board. Yeah, and I think another cool thing is is that I was looking through the mastery, and it looks like once you train all of them, you can decide which special ability can be put onto another mount. So, like, you're not stuck with just, like, if you have a certain where you need to go, you're not just stuck with, like, the raptor or the jackal. If the bunny rabbit one is your favorite one and that's the one you want to use all the time, you can transfer other abilities onto that and use that one instead. 
abilities being their jump abilities as well? Um, I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm thinking it's just like whatever like their specialty is. Right, right. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense, yeah. So like I think with the raptor, his specialty is that jump forward, like the zoom. Right, yeah. And so like if you wanted it on your bunny rabbit, you could put it there too, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Those, those, You think that they're going to allow us to move the special movement abilities onto different ones? As- I think so. I mean, it was really unclear, and obviously, I can't look back at the um. And I should have taken a picture of it. I I I wasn't thinking, but I think it's either that or it's going to be like their like their attack ability. Well, yeah, that would make more sense. I would think, but I I honestly I don't know that. That's I know that they were doing the the a variety of different leveling things that you can do from them, be it their their movement or their attack and things like that but i didn't realize that you'd be able to transfer them so again very cool let's move on from there now and just briefly look at what happened last weekend and then we're going to touch on the classes um was there any actual pvp going on last week or you were just dropped in the zones the hops Um, i should say you start off when you create the beta character you started off in the pvp lobby and then from there you could have went to um you could have done pvp or gone to world versus world okay i didn't know if they'd opened both of those i was just interested honestly in going through all the classes did you do any of the pvp stuff i did not pvp is really not um my thing i've done it very rarely and with actually like a group of people kind of like just breaking the system i hate saying that but (laughs) all right so then let's touch on the classes then i we were talking about this on twitter i went through most of them ironically one of the few that i ignored turned out to well it sounded like you were saying on twitter was your favorite and that was the guardian one i know yeah and i'm surprised by that because i don't main a guardian my guardian right now is level 40. So. <laughs> and that's only because you gave him a boost? Um, no, I actually level <laughs> to 40. But you do like the new one? Yes, I do. What's it called My, again? Um, It's called Firebrand. Firebrand, right, And right. basically it's like a war nerd. It's just like they get tombs and <laughs> like pages fly around them and stuff like that. So, But the abilities were good. Okay. Yeah, I, I've never been a fan of Guardians, which ironically though is my my youngest son that I've played with. That's one of his favorite classes. He, he adores them, but it was like, eh, I got no use for them. But I did play several others that I really liked a lot. Some surprised me more than others. I, again, <laughs> Elementalist is still one of my favorites, and this did nothing to change that. This was. Amazing, because I'd wondered how they were going to do it with the 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 dual elements kind of thing. And while it's not what I think could have been the best implementation, it's certainly a very interesting one. Because what happens is that you have your elements over top that you can select from. So your F1, 2, 3, and 4 that you can switch between them. And then they give you different abilities on, on your, your primary bar. And so it's kind of fun. I, I've always enjoyed that because I can go into fire and do the primary D- DPS stuff. And then if I want to heal, just easily switch over to water. I'm not changing my weapon. All I'm doing is hitting F3. Or I can do, or 
two, three, three. Uh, I can go into the, the electric thing just to move faster and run through the area faster kind of thing. And then if I want more defense and things, just go into Earth. It's very cool and interesting. So the way that it's set up with, with the, the, the mixed class, which, I, of course, I can't remember any of their fucking names now because I didn't prep for this. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but I like how they did because if you've got F1 pressed and you're in fire, now you press F3, which I'm going to say is water, but I can't remember if it's F2 or 3. But anyways, you go into water. Now you've got water as your primary, fire as your secondary. You go into electric. Now electric's your primary, water is your secondary. And your mix spell is always that mix between the two. So if you want to time it right to get, you know, fire and earth, and you specifically want fire to be your primary, secondary to be earth, you need to go in a specific order to get there. And I like that. It's it, Again, it's not my favorite implementation of how they could have done it because I think it would have been a lot better just to be able to like click it once to select it, select it, and twice to put it as your secondary. But I like that this is going to force you to rotate and it's going to force you to, to play a little bit more on the fringes of what you're, you might be comfortable with. And I'm all right with that, actually, for that class. So I really enjoyed that. I don't know if you got a chance to play them. Um, I did play Elementalist. It's not, it's, again, it's not a class that I've leveled to max level. I will say this, though, out of all of the Elite specs, Elementalist wins hand down with the best animations. Oh, yeah. The, the Ring of Fire in Water. I didn't know I needed that in my life. Apparently, I did. Because <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Then it's cool because each weapon set also gets a new an animation too on that on that middle I think it's four or three or something like that the middle select when it's two yep. the two yep yeah so it, yeah that was really cool that they all get an animation it was again bloody awesome and in terms of see it's hard for me to say it was the best it might have been one of my favorites but again, there were so many cool ones that I, I had favorites everywhere. I barely play an engineer. It was actually the first class that I made, profession, I should say, that I made when the game came out. And I was really looking forward to playing it. And I enjoyed it for a little bit. And then it kind of was not what I was expecting. And I never kind of got around to getting back into it. I enjoyed the Smith enough that I fucking boosted my <laughs> engineer to 80 to prep for the expansion. That is how awesome it is to become a, a burning pile of <laughs> light of red that explodes. And from one button using a hammer to hit down to the other one, rattling off gunfire, hitting with swords. It is just frantic but a ton, ton of fun. And it is one of the more complicated ones. You got so much shit going on that you better be on your, your A game if you want to play this, in my opinion. So, and I like that. I like the challenge. There, there's fun to be had in just the simple gameplay, but it's fun sometimes to, to kind of really need to know your class well to play it effectively. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Um, that's why I don't really play engineer because they're one of the more <laughs> complicated ones. Yeah, definitely. And then the other one that I enjoyed a lot was, of course, the the Ranger, which is was one of the ones that I boosted to eighty prior to the um, 
to, to the beta simply because I, I love the class. I, I've always loved those pet classes, so I knew that I'd, I'd have fun with it, and I liked the idea of the the beast mode where you blend in with your beast. I did not know how much I would like like it, though, until last weekend because I was going through all of your pets to see how each of your abilities are different. You go into beast mode and all of a sudden, yeah, your pet's gone, but now you've got some special abilities that you can use on top of your own that are still there. So you can continue to do the shit you were doing with your daggers, but now you can also leap towards them if you want, or you can do the, the, a whole bunch of them had heals that you can do or a, a pseudo taunt or remove conditions on people and stuff. It's fucking amazing. And it will make it so that once again, much like the other one, it forces you to play a little bit differently because it is, it's making it so that you want to cycle through as many pets as you can to do a bunch of different shit because yeah, you're going to find your favorites, but you're also going to really find stuff that's just fun. And and part of that is, you know, let's try this pet and see what shit I can get into kind of thing. I really dug it. And it was strong as hell it was really doing well. And I think with uh, Beastmaster, the thing, or Soul Beast, or whatever it's called, I think the thing you're going to find is, is that the people who can learn to weave in and out of Beast Mode are going to be the ones that excel really well with that profession. I agree. I agree because you literally will have to pop out of it, flip your pets, go back into it, and join the fray again. There's going to be a lot of that bouncing around between them. And again, I like that. And on top of that, though, it's, again, adding layers of depth to your gameplay because based on what you're doing, whether it's just dicking around different maps looking for trouble or actually going to different encounters or different things like that, you can tailor which pet you're taking to the encounter or to the instance or to the the PvE stuff that you're going to do. That's cool as shit, especially once you start looking at not just what they can do to you for you, the pets, in beast mode, but also what they can do in and of themselves. Because you can be bouncing out of that and then make use of what they can do as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then did you get to look at any of the new pets? Because they added those in as well. Yes. <laughs> they were fucking awesome. No sand shark, though, I'll have you know. The fuck is wrong with your arena net? Sand sharks make it happen. But no, they I know, were, everybody they were awesome. was disappointed with that, that there's no sand sharks. There's no reason not to have it. None. <laughs> the moment you added sand sharks to your repertoire for the game, immersion is out the fucking window. Okay. I don't care if we're on pavement. I should be able to have a sand shark out. So what were some of your other favorite classes that you or professions that you messed around with then? Um, surprisingly, I like Spellbreaker, which is the one from Warrior. Um what they get the dual daggers and yeah. I like that one only because it also t- ties back to lore with the um the sun spears of you know nightfall and all that kind of stuff I actually didn't make one. It was funny because I was talking to, again, my son was beside me as we were chatting and I was playing whatnot and we were talking about that one and I was saying, you know what? I already know I, I like warriors. I pretty much always have my my main in Guild Wars one was a warrior, and it's I know I like the class, so it's one of those. Meh, I don't need to try it. Everything I've seen about it is awesome, so I spent all of my time on the other ones. But it is nice to hear that I was right. It is actually well done. 
Yeah, and, the, and again, the animations look really cool on that one too. They really went out of their way with, I think, most of the animations. There, there were very few that I saw that looked like they were called in. Like most of it was really, really well done. Oh yeah. Did you get a chance to play the Mesmer, the Mirage? I played that briefly, but I honestly do not know enough about um, about Mesmer's to even begin to understand how the hell that worked. I played some, though admittedly I, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on them either. Uh, again, another class that my son adored to play, so he played the crap out of them. When we'd group together, I'd be on my Elementalist and he'd be on his uh, his Mesmer and it was awesome. It, it is trickier to play because you are playing again with different elements and here it's those the mirrors and the, the clones and whatnot. I played with it for a little while and what I found was that it was very good against a single target but the moment you tried to go against multiple targets you got your ass handed to you pretty goddamn fast again some of that somebody who's better with the class would be able to survive longer but i did find that it was squishier and and and, and unrelenting in how much they wanted to kill you <laughs> and then also a friend of mine who plays a mesmer as his main was telling me that there's not a lot of synergy between that the elite spec and the um the core um specs that are in there oh really so that makes a difference too oh i didn't know that okay okay did you get a chance to try the the necro at all i did um i'm not impressed oh really okay let's have it um necro is my main class so i've been playing a certain play style for five years so it's really hard to give up um, having my Death Shroud and to get um, Sand Shroud, which looks really freaking cool, but I feel like the barriers are too weak. Like I'm giving up too much to have to have um, Sand Shroud. I found. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I while I played some Necroid, didn't play that much, because it took me a long time to find one weapon that I liked enough with my necro i found it very hard because most of them i was like i'm not crazy about this this play style anyways i digress i found it was interesting with this but what i found was there was a lot more support for your party the other people that you're playing with as opposed to more straight up dps of the the target yeah and that's what their goal is but i feel like i don't like if i maybe if i did more group content or maybe if I was able to test it out in the world, like in say boss fights, you know, like open world boss fights and stuff like that, I've, I would have gotten a better sense of it. Um, but since I'm mainly solo and the only time I really group up is when I do open world content, I wasn't able to get the full effect of how awesome this would be. Um, right now, I feel like I have to sacrifice a lot. Like I'd have to totally change my gear set and everything. I'd have to add on healing power and all that kind of stuff to sacrifice DPS to make the barrier just seem worth it. Um, and it just didn't work well enough for me. Being someone that again, hasn't played it nearly as much. I didn't. It didn't bother me that much because I'm not a main. So it didn't bother me as much. And I, I found that I, while I enjoyed certain aspects of it, again, it, it's along the same lines. It was 
a lot more about support as opposed to go out and DPS. But because of the type of player that I tend to be, that didn't bother me all that much. Because I tend to be, if I'm not playing the healer, and this goes for damn near every MMO, I tend to play hybrids a lot. So if I'm not the main healer, I'm often off healing or removing conditions on people or things like that. I've always done that. So that's why I kind of, as I was testing it, it was actually one of those, huh, well, this would be a reason then for me to play this class a little bit more than I would enjoy that. Um. And I, and I get that. And if I was still doing that kind of content, I'd be all over this. Like, you know, back when I was grouping a lot and doing fractals and dungeons, like this would have been awesome because then I could have helped more. But now that I'm mainly solo and it just didn't appeal to me. And another thing is, is that when we um, did the Heart of Thorns beta and we got to tech, test on reaper i instantly fell in love with that i put a great sword on and i was hooked from the from the moment i tried it and this one i'd have to force myself to kind of like this one right okay and of course then the last one is the last class that was asked added and that was the uh the revenant did you play around with that at all I did. Um, and they are also, you know, I mean, they added more supporty kind of stuff and um, the animations look cool. But again, I don't really know that much about the class. I did boost one to 80. So that's kind of a shame. Um, but I haven't really gotten around to like playing it enough to know how cool this stuff is. Ironically, I had just started one because I had one free character slot when I started back, when I picked up the the two expansions just a few weeks back. And so I thought, you know what? It's one of the two classes, that one and the Guardian that I don't have one of. So I'll make one of these guys and I kind of dicked around for a little bit on them. And I wasn't that crazy about it. Granted, again, this is very, very early on. So I haven't unlocked everything, of course, so I don't know the true potential of the class. And I will level it up because I would like to see the true potential in the class. But early on, it was like, it kind of feels clunky. So I actually didn't even bother with the uh, the beta for for the uh, the Revenant. So, Yeah, it is a clunky kind of class. And I remember when it was first introduced, there was a point where they didn't even have weapon swapping that you know you had one weapon and that was it but they added that in um after a lot of feedback right okay so that pretty much wraps it up then what parting thoughts did you have on it what impacted on you the most then either one of the sessions um i'm not excited about elite specs as much as i had hoped i would be but i'm really excited about exploring and the story and to see where things go and if ArenaNet can keep up the pace that they say they're going to do, this should be an exciting next couple of months for, for Guild Wars 2. Yeah, because they're adding a lot of content post-release as well, are they not? I thought, yes. I'd, yeah, there's a lot still that's, that's due to be coming over the course of the well, fall and into early winter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because after um, the expansion releases next month, which is just crazy in and of itself. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, like two to three months after that, we'll start living season four and that'll kick off. And then you'll get new content every two to three months again. Yeah, I've been working on two characters primarily 
that I, I boosted up and I'm trying to finish all of their seasonal stuff so that I'm ready. I, I There's no way in hell I will be, but I'll be close kind of thing. And then I can proceed from there directly into the new content. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of very cool stuff with it. I'm actually a little surprised that you didn't enjoy the elite stuff, uh, specializations as much as I did. There were only a couple that I wasn't as crazy about. Um, oh, we didn't talk about the thief one, too, actually, the sniper. And that's one of the ones that that I wasn't as crazy about. I thought it was interesting. I was very interested in the concept. And then when I tried it, I saw that, oh, your crouch is not crouch button so much as a crouch ability that then you're stuck there. You can teleport to a few different places, but that's a very different play style than being able to actively move using your WASD kind of thing. So it kind of, I felt that was really clunky. I can see how it'd be awesome if you are in raids, if you're behind tanks kind of thing, or if you are doing any kind of uh, missions that are kind of sniping, you're going you're hitting from far, then yeah, but the moment they're too close, I know there's ability to, to get them away from you and to teleport, but it just didn't feel as natural to me. Oh, yeah, and I think that um, Elite Spec is going to shine a lot in World versus World and oh, yeah. content. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, people are get, These are going to be the early WoW rogues of Guild Wars 2. Basically, just stealth and nail people for an insane amount of damage from stealth. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I played with that one enough to, like, kill something in three shots, and I was like, this is just going to go, this is not going to go over well in World versus World when you got them, like, because you can, like, still stand from a height and still shoot things. Yep, yep. Again, I think it's going to be interesting to play, because I do intend to play them, because I do like the play style to a certain degree. I think it's going to be interesting because it's going to, dramatically change your play style because you're really not going to want to get swarmed because no good things are going to come from that at all with this class. You're, I, I did not find there was nearly enough AOE damage. There was some, of course, but not nearly enough. It was very much single target DPS kind of stuff. So I think it's going to really change our game play style for the class and, and that's a good thing i like that i like when something drastically changes the way you approach every single encounter so it'll be interesting to play yeah, and the thing that uh you have to keep in mind is the lead specs are not meant to be better than the last set it's just supposed to be in addition to exactly so a lot of people are like, oh, but my other elite spec is better and blah, 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 blah. So then just play that. There's nobody saying that you have to play this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And again, the other thing, too, is because of how alt heavy the game is, like most MMOs, of course, it's, yeah, you might not like this one, but look at how many other classes there are. You're bound to land on another elite specialization for another class that is going to fucking thrill you, that you're going to want to play an alt just so that you can do that. I already can think of at least a half dozen that I'm actively looking forward. It's not just a, oh, I'll play it when I feel like. No, I'm really looking forward to leveling those up to play those specializations because I had that much fun with them. Yeah, I'm right now. I'm debating on if I'm going to boost my warrior or my um, guardian, or if I'm just going to try to level them to eighty. I can't help you there. <laughs> I already <laughs> boosted mine. You're on your own. All right. So, any parting thoughts? Like I said, 
Um, I would just say that Guild Wars 2 is in a great place. If you stop playing and you're looking to come back, now is the perfect time to do so. Um, there is no more content drought. There is a lot of stuff to yeah, do. Yeah, tell and me you about will, it. From hardcore to casual, you will find something that will interest you. That's important because if you've been out of the game for a while, even if you played quite a bit early on, it's it's important to note how much content has been introduced throughout these seasons. Because again, I've been redoing it on, on a couple of characters. Fuck, there's a lot of shit that's been put in this game since I last played. And when it was first out, I played a lot of it. And and for a number of, of months, more than that, actually. So on and off again. It, there's a ton of shit to do. So anyways, thank you very much for stopping by. Tell the folks again where they can find you. I am on Twitch and Twitter as Girl versus MMO. Thank you for dropping by. Thanks for having me. All right, wake up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from no, there, it was, it was interesting hearing you guys talk about it because, you know, I have no practical experience. So I think it was cool hearing the differing ideas on the various specs, and it's nice. It, I, I put in quite a bit of time this weekend. It was, it was a bad weekend. My knees were hurting, so I was basically immobile a couple of days. So I, I didn't realize there was going to be another beta. So then I saw that there there was, I saw on Twitter, and it was like, whoa, whoa. So I, I booted it back up again and, and got in. Then that's when I decided, because the earlier beta, I had only made a couple of different professions. And I didn't even spend that much time messing around with the profession per se. I just wanted to get into the content and experience it. So I kind of ran around. So fuck, I was on a... Um, a uh, a ranger, just to show you how stupid I can be, <laughs> and and completely clueless, <laughs> and and sucked into something. I was it my first or my second? I think my first. Yeah, my first one was a ranger, one of my favorite pet classes, and I got in. I just quickly looked at the abilities, and then I just got into the questing, and then after that, it was like. Okay, I need to explore the zones. And then I saw the sand sharks and I was like, well, fuck this. I'm going to tame one of these <laughs> bastards. But of course, there's no juvenile sand sharks. So I'm like, okay, well, what other ones are there? Let's go looking around to see what I can tame. I never fucking once used the beast mode ability, the elite specialization. <laughs> I did everything else but the one thing that I was supposed to do. And again, it shows you just how much fun I was having, though. And it's true, like, it was just a ton of fucking fun. I didn't care if I was just mashing buttons for the time being and trying to survive. I just was so enjoying it. So then the second for the this weekend here, I was going through each of those elite specializations with a fine-tooth comb, looking over all of the abilities, checking out different ways that I can play with it and different things like that. Because, again, some of them are insanely intricate in terms of what you can do and if you time everything perfectly fucking cool as shit like again that the weaver for the elemental is if you time it perfectly between the the switching of the elements and then there's another ability that allows you to select something else you get a boost kind of thing if you time it all perfectly and you cycle through them in specific order from the look of it from what i could read from the ability because i never timed it right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you get an insane amount of damage that you can do. And I was like, well, shit, I'm going to have to work on that because that would be awesome. So, yeah, a lot of very, very cool stuff. So I'm looking forward to playing it. Put it that way. So let's move on from there 
and touch on a few games before we move on to the uh, stuff with Joe. You found this stuff for Planet of the Apes. I'm not going to fucking lie. I didn't even know this game was coming out. This is the first I hear of it. Exactly. Like, apparently, like, they talked about it a while back, but I must have missed that announcement because I, I don't know about you, but I love the the new Planet of the Apes movies that have been coming out over the last few years. Like, Oh, yeah. We went to the theater to see War for the Planet of the Apes a few weeks ago, and I was blown away. It was just as fantastic as the first two were. Oh, Circus is a genius. I'm sorry. People mm-hmm. don't realize that. Because they only think of, you know, the the Hobbit and 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 Gollum, they don't realize the depth of of what it is that he does, his acting, and you get a lot more of that when you watch that special when he was on Colbert and he talked about the transitions kind of thing. That's when you're like, holy fuck! Like the acting is coming from him, and he's actually heavily involved with this game. Uh, the game is being made by Fox Next Games, which I believe is like a 20th century Fox game studio that they've recently started up, but also with Imaginarium Studios, which is Andy Serkis's performance capture studio. So he's heavily involved with everything you see here. And it comes across because, I mean, it's a Planet of the Apes game. Some of the apes can, of course, talk, but many of them communicate through body language and sign language. And it comes across so well in this little video that they showed off. I agree. <clears throat> I, I, I thought it was awesome. I love the the hand symbols. As they were they were talking kind of thing, interspersed with actual talking. It was freaking awesome. It, it Obviously, it doesn't have the same graphical fidelity because no. the Apes movies are also the apex of modern day CGI and cinema. So it's never going to be comparable, but it does a great job of at least conveying the important parts. How close to release is it? Uh, they said it's going to come out uh, later this year. So this fall, I believe they said. Okay, so that means, yeah, yeah. I was, I was a little disappointed in the graphics, I will say. Not, not hugely mm-hmm. disappointed, but it was like, mm, could have been a touch better. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't know exactly what kind of talent they have over at Fox Next. If it, You know, it, it could be just be 20th Century Fox going, yeah, we can make games here, have some money, and, you know, not really putting much effort into it, but I don't know. But I actually do like what we're seeing with the game itself, because you play both as the apes, and as the humans, uh, they say the game takes place between the second and third movies. So between Dawn and War. And it's uh, set apart from, you know, Caesar's storyline. Uh, it takes place with this uh, group of apes that lives up in the Rocky Mountains. But as winter is coming, they need to descend to the lowlands, which are still occupied somewhat by humans. And that's where the conflict comes of fighting for resources. And we see that here in the, that one video of the apes going on a raid essentially of the human encampment trying to to steal you know, one of their bulls for food and, and coming coming across of you know how do we want to go about this do we do it stealthy do we just take out the humans and it's 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 a narrative decision making game is, is what it is so telltale you know life is strange that along that lines but it's from what we've seen here the choices are very binary you can do this or you can do that so like on one hand, you know, you have more options to choose from in a telltale game and like there's a lot of depth there. But also, I think if you keep the decisions a little more simple, you can you can then from like a design standpoint, if you know there's a more limited amount of choices the player can make, you can make those choices have much more radical impact. Like we see, you know, there's going to be a big difference of go in and kill all the humans or try and do this stealthily. It's not it's not a matter of, you know, 
Frank's going to remember you said that. It's it's going to have a much bigger impact on how things go forward. And we also saw that through the human side, which I wasn't expecting. Like I was watching this gameplay and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, you're going to do the apes. And, and then halfway through the trailer, it switches over to the human encampment and how they're going to approach the ape problem. And it 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 really makes me like excited for potential like multiple playthroughs. You know, do one pacifist one, one where they're at war. Like I I really like what they're doing with the modern Planet of the Apes concept of this struggle between these two species that are now fighting for dominance in a world of limited resources, and it lends itself very well to this type of game. It's funny when you're talking about the the options because. What I thought when I was watching it was immediately, yeah, there's not a lot of options, but I didn't question it because it was immediately, well, you're a fucking ape, you know? Yeah, you're... <laughs> yeah, it's a game about survival. It's, yeah. do we well, do this or do we do that? There's not a whole lot of nuance. Well, it's not just that. It's just they're not as intelligent. Yes, they're mm-hmm. more intelligent in this because of... Was it a virus or what was it? It was a virus, virus. Yeah. yeah. that's what I thought. So they're, they're a little bit more intelligent. Well, for apes, significantly more intelligent, but they're still not <laughs> as intelligent as human beings kind of thing. So it would make sense that you would not have as many choices. So, And it would also make sense that your choices would be far more, not feral in nature, but not, not all of them would be quite as evolved. So it, it made mm. sense. I... I really dug it a lot. I, I really, yeah. really did. Like the, this one little gameplay segment they showed off. Like I was legitimately like freaking out just watching it. Like I can't imagine playing it. Like when the younger ape is starting to lose his shit because yeah. like he's afraid of humans and they're trying to keep him quiet. Like I'm just watching this and I'm starting to get like my heart's beating a little harder. Like I can only imagine what it's going to be like playing through the scenario and having to make the decisions. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is this is definitely something that's high on my list to look forward to because A, we all love these styles of games. And B, I love the franchise. Like the movies have been phenomenal over the last several years. And moving it into the game space, you know, that well, hopefully it'll turn out quite well. We're actually really looking forward to when it's released on video. Uh, the new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know when it's going to be released, but both Karen and I have talked about it because she really enjoyed the other ones too. And when we were watching that special on, on Colbert with him, w- did you see that by the way? No. Oh, you don't. Oh fuck dude. Watch it. Oh my God. Seriously. Just Google circus Colbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Actually, the interview is really quite good because, A, they show that clip, which shows a transformation. It's not in the movie, it's not in the game, but it shows a transformation of him, the actor, doing a scene, and then it's slowly changing to Caesar. So you get to see how much of Circus is in Caesar, which is astounding. Watch it. But what's really cool also is that towards the end of the interview, Colbert got him to read some of Trump's tweets as Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> And it's priceless. It really, if you want to know how much of a fan Colbert is of, <laughs> of circus and of Lord of the Rings in general, just look at his expression. That, that unbelievable glee at watching circus read out Trump's tweets. It was freaking awesome. So anyways, okay, let's move on from there. Did you watch the last trailer for Destiny 2? <laughs> Hugs and chickens. <laughs> and Gary. <laughs> Like I watched it and then I immediately rewatched it. <laughs> I yes, I did the same thing. I am oh don't hurt me, Bungie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I am so hopeful because that trailer, more so than every other one before, more so than the beta stuff that I did, mm-hmm. makes me feel like like I'm going to be living in that world. Like there, there was so much of the lore going on there. There was, there was moments of, of questing that looked so fucking badass and unbelievable. Like there were so many things going on there that I was just blown away from the story alone, let alone how fucking cool it is, let alone all the stuff that we've been hearing about the PC version and how great that's going to be as well. And how they're, they're really making sure they're building it from the ground up for PC, like all of the cool stuff in terms of gameplay, forget about all that shit, just the world, the characters, the lore that's going on there. This trailer had it all in spades. I'm, I'm blown away. I'm so fucking happy. I bought it. I'm and this. I, again, <laughs> I bought this game for two fucking different platforms. <laughs> I bought it for PS4 and for PC. I'm, and I'm, that's how much I'm looking forward to this experience and how much I'm really hoping they don't let me down. <laughs> really? Uh, it was just so amazing. Like, my boy Zavala being a complete badass. Like, I just, <laughs> but the, the one that, like, made me stop, like, I actually paused the trailer for a second. Gaul has the speaker. Yes. Oh, I was like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> that was the big thing. Like, where's the speaker? You know, what happened to him? He's a prisoner, and I'm like, oh man, this is this is gonna be fucking good. <laughs> Gary's going down. <laughs> yeah, God damn it, Gary. <laughs> and of course, it's just funny. Like I'm watching it, and I typed in the notes into my notes. Gary captured the speaker, and then I'm sitting here going, "What's his actual?" <laughs> <fucking name?" laughs> yeah. I'm just going to stick with Gary. (laughs) Yeah, he'll never not be Gary. (laughs) So, yeah, that was awesome. Very, very, very briefly, a couple of weeks ago, there was a a video that I found. And again, I know that you guys aren't as interested in it, but you got to admit this was fucking cool as hell. For There was a video showing a couple of guys playing Yu-Gi-Oh! card game, which doesn't matter if you like the game Yu-Gi-Oh! or not. It's just the fact that they were playing a card game. In a fucking park with a lot of other people around them with the HoloLens glasses. And it was fucking cool as hell. Like, dorky, certainly, but who the fuck (laughs) cares? Look at how much fun you're having. The card decks and everything are floating in front of them. The cards, they can just kind of tap in the air in front of them to be able to select the cards to look at more. When they plop them down, it's an actual representation of the creature that comes out in 3D and attacks also the other creatures when when you're using the card to attack. It just looked like so much fun. And then the other thing, too, was that AR ring that's being worked on. I got no details other than that because it was just a video that was online that I found. But it it was important because I've been reading a lot more about uh, uh, means of, of control in VR and in AR. That's not just finger movements that are picked up by cameras or, mm-hmm. or in the case of the HoloLens when it sees it. But rather, a, a whether it's a glove, we're seeing a lot more of these gloves that also have some haptic feedback. That's fucking awesome. That is going to make the porn industry so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but this is a ring, 
And the person who demoed it had it on their index finger. And what was cool was that there was a spot between the index finger and your middle finger that when you press those two fingers together, essentially acted like a click kind of thing. And it allowed the person to use the ring with their thumb then in a a scrolling fashion, which for anybody who wears a ring, you're always fucking around with your rings and spinning them with your thumb. Well, it's the same kind of thing. And that's spinning. And it's a natural. We all know that anybody who's worn a ring for a long time, if you're married, you know what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> you spin that <laughs> ring all the time kind of thing. Well, this is just doing that with your, your thumb. And then the other finger just kind of pressing for a click. And that wasn't one that they did the card game one with, but it just came out at the same time. And it was like, we're nearly there. We are nearly at the point where we're going to be able to put these fucking glasses on and they'll be a lot nicer looking because they're already getting better and have something like that. A little fucking ring on your finger. That simple. Pop it on and boom, you're playing chess, you're playing cards, you're playing whatever with people that are either in the same room as you or in other fucking countries. We're, we are like nearly there. We're, we're there for developmental purposes because they're mm-hmm. working on this shit now but we are nearly there for consumers at a reasonable price as well like vive just dropped 200 bucks the oculus just dropped a few hundred bucks recently as well it's going down we're at that point now where the prices are going to be going down and the technology is ramping up because they're seeing that like people like cameron are saying if they weren't working on the next avatar they'd be doing vr right now and ar that's how how big it's becoming. So I thought it was cool as shit. Yeah, I, I'm far more interested in AR than I am in VR. And right. like the, the these two little videos got me very excited because, like you said, like we're I can see the point where this is going to become hopefully part of our everyday lives. And like, give me that one little bit of sci-fi future that I I do really want. Keep all the shitty parts of the movie. Yeah, really. <laughs> And then lastly, before we switch over to Joseph and myself, I was going through the the App Store last week. No, it's been more than that now. It's almost a couple of weeks. Anyways, I was going through the App Store and I was just kind of looking for a game to see what was on sale and, and, and whatnot. And I saw a game and I started looking at it and it was like, wow, this looks kind of like a Pokemon clone. And then I'm, I'm looking through the pictures and looking through the description and I'm going, holy fuck, this really looks like a Pokemon clone. And then I watched the video for it and I was going, this is a goddamn Pokemon clone. Like, there's no like, oh, this is almost a Pokemon It's a fucking Pokemon clone. But here's the thing. Beautiful. <laughs> gorgeous. <laughs> As opposed to Pokemon, which, let's be honest, has never been gorgeous. I, I saw this in the show notes and I'm scrolling back through... Uh, <laughs> Like Discord, I was like, I didn't see this posted anywhere. What did I miss? Did I? I don't. I don't know. I didn't even put it in there. I just kind of no. added it because I figured you guys aren't playing it. Uh, I mentioned to Joe quickly just because of I know he has uh, access to an iOS phone and uh, and just kind of like here if you want to try it because again it's beautiful. It looks awesome. I love the animations. I love the I love the style of the the quote unquote monsters, the Nexomon that you gotta you got to capture and things like that. And the story wise kind of appeared to be pretty typical kind of Pokemon. So I figured, I don't know what the hell, but the, the, the kicker is it was like, it was three ninety nine, three dollars and 99 cents for a Pokemon clone. That is in some regards, better, way better looking slick as hell for 
the way that you play it, the gameplay and stuff like that, with the exception of that D-pad, which is way too sensitive sometimes. But fuck, I'm, I'm willing to bear with that. And over and 300 or over 300 monsters. So it's a Pokemon game, like yeah. full of shit. And you're battling gym guys, same as Pokemon. They've got bosses. There's the same kind of elements. I like this story a little bit better, but it is very much, again, a Pokemon story. Uh, and 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 every aspect of it from the Poke stores where you can put your guys and and swap them out to the Poke centers where you go and get your 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 Nexamon. Well, they're not balls in this case; they're little X's and shit like that. It's fucking Pokemon. <laughs> so well, I mean, it's the thing that we've said so many times. Like it, it's not you know the 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 mechanics itself that make the game it's what you do with it and how how you do it interestingly and yeah it can be functionally a pokemon clone but if it's also unique and fun in its own right that's okay oh yeah like because i was trying to think like again it's it's not like pokemon owns the trademark to that type of game that's like saying somebody owns a trademark to a horror type of game or something like that it's a creature's game and we've seen everything and praised everything from nino kuni to various pokemon and other type of things like the digimon and whatnot (laughs) what What's surprising for me for this, though, is just that the other ones, it's like, yeah, they're Pokemon clone games, but they're obviously different. You mean you play a Digimon game? Yeah, it's Pokemon clone, but it's come a long way since then. But it's like, it's way different still, way different in how it plays. This is Pokemon. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's fucking Pokemon. (laughs) They can call it Nexomon all they want. It's fucking Pokemon. But again, it's bloody well done. I'm looking at, like, the like some screenshots and stuff like i like that it shows you like how rare your your yeah. little monster is too so like that that's that's something nice yeah <laughs> makes yeah. you really excited as a player yeah there's a lot of good things there's no multiplayer there's no but that's a pro and a con if you never did multiplayer well the good thing now is you don't need an internet connection for this so you're in the car driving around and you don't want to waste your 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 data plan fuck you don't need it you can just play this anywhere that's fucking awesome I love that. You can't rename your Pokemons, but I never did that. I know a lot of people who do mm-hmm. get a kick out of it, but it's like, ah, I don't care about that. So I didn't care about I that. I can barely remember what it's actually called, let alone what I call it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. So the few little things that could be perceived as negatives are like, meh, for me, they're, they're, they're bonuses. So, so yeah, I, I think it's an awesome little game is what I'm getting at. There's a lot of very cool little things. There's There's elements that I'm trying to figure out, like, Okay, what are you trying to say with this? Because there's there's Justice Knights, which sounds eerily like social justice yeah. warriors thing. And then there's, but the thing is, is that they come in multiple colors. So there can be green Justice Knights or red Justice Knights. And it's kids playing. So I'm going, are they supposed to be the Justice League? Is it a Power Rangers? A like... rip on Power Rangers, a rip on Justice Leagues, or a rip on social justice warriors? And there was a little bit of wording here and there where I'm like, is that really what you're doing? But it wasn't, again, it's not clear, so I don't know. But, and the other, the only other thing, and this is, some people may like it, and some people may think, yeah, I agree with you, is it it tries to, well, not tries, it breaks the fourth wall too much. It, it mm-hmm. makes mention of games, 
of I'm working on a game or I'm doing this. And it's like, eh, and there's a couple of times where it's like really blatant. It's like, okay, you, it was cute once. Maybe that's it. But what was really cute for that one was when they're talking. And I, and I don't even know if they were talking about somebody else or if it was me. Oh, now that I think of it, I think I do know who it was. Because, again, typical fucking Pokemon game, you go into every house and you're stealing shit everything, everywhere. If something glows, you're taking it. If it sparkles, it's yours. doesn't matter if it's in a grandmother's house or not. It was sparkling. It's mine now. And I've got this potion. <laughs> Fuck you, grandma. The, if you the needed game this said potion. I can have it. So Yeah. So now, though, for the first time, I went into a house and when an older lady who's sweeping the ground, you, when you go talk to her and she goes, what are you doing in my house? <laughs> you can't just break in here. And I was going... I've been waiting years for an NPC <laughs> to say that. And then one of the other people was like, stuff's disappearing all over the place. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but we've got a thief on the loose. And I was like, I think they're talking about me. Turns out, no, because I just figured out who they were talking about. But sounds like the start of a D&D campaign. Yeah, me. really, really did. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a good game. It's 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 fun. I like the creatures. I like their abilities as well. I've been having a lot of fun. Once again, you choose from one of several at the beginning of which one you'd like to be and you level that guy up kind of thing in addition to whatever you catch it's been a lot of fun so if you're looking for an insanely cheap pokemon clone that is don't kid yourself once again it is fucking pokemon but it's four bucks and it's got 300 monsters it will keep you occupied for many hours i've been playing the shit out of this for a while now actually (laughs) and i'm not seeing the end by any stretch so it's a good game graphics look great and it's ios and android so definitely check it out people yeah i just looked unfortunately i can't get it for my phone ah yeah well sucks to be you okay we're done (laughs) moving on to joe all right so we have switched over and now it is joe and i so joe we were going to be talking about some some Blizzard stuff, as well as some Life is Strange. However, because it's Gamescom right now, there was literally some uh, some Blizzard stuff that was streaming today that instead of waiting until next week to talk with about it with the rest of the Gamescom stuff, we might as well talk about it now because some of it was pretty goddamn cool. <laughs> so you were on. Oh, there was some really, really cool stuff. First, I'm going to start with Heroes of the Storm. One of the things that has been really kind of tickling my fancy lately with them is they're they're starting to come into their own and sort of their own cinematic universe because the nexus the setting where uh, heroes of the storm takes place doesn't care about any of the settings they all are in one place so you can do really really cool things and have some really cool interactions like you know hey what if garrosh happened to meet rainer from starcraft and you have all these cool little things And their trailers and their little reveals have been nothing but stellar. And during Gamescom, we got a little bit of a a sneak peek, the big reveal of Kel'Thuzad. And Kel'Thuzad is one of those figures from Warcraft lore that is just absolutely phenomenal. He is the lich that caused so many problems and is very much responsible for the whole fall of Arthas. it's, It's pretty spectacular. And he's back. Not only is he back in the Nexus with some really cool frost abilities, the cinematic that they introduce him with is this animated short where Jaina Proudmore turns to the dark side. And we see some of that with Hearthstone. We talked about that with the uh, Ice Crown Citadel expansion that they're doing. 
but it's cool to see her kind of go full fell legion with this. She's basically a dreadlord, and it's really, really cool. It's dreadlord Jaina. Uh, I love how awesome. I love how it is tying in with the Hearthstone stuff too. I you have and to legion. Just, what's that? And Legion, because this is the cool thing. Like, yep. This is one of the fan theories of where Jaina has been, and they sort of latched onto it. And I think it's awesome. I do, too. I agree. It, it's, again, uh, <laughs> I've bitched about some of the characters they put in Hearthstone because I don't like the characters, but it has nothing to do with the, the game itself. Because it's like you say, it's fun when they take from the various IPs, their IPs, of course, and just kind of mash them all together. It's, it, it is fun. The... Um, the thing that I liked again from all of the trailers was that hell, even the hearthstone one today with the little girl, because again, it's in the snow. It's that setting of the, 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 the Lich King kind of setting of everything. It's frozen over thematic. Yeah. Yeah, And I really dug that. It was, it, it provided a lot more cohesion across their IPs than we normally see. And, and it's obvious that it's driven by Legion and that's fine. It's, it's good to see them kind of, encouraging people who are the wild players to branch out and try these other games as well, which is what they're always trying to do. And not only that, but it's, they're finally starting to hit their stride with uh, sort of finding that cycle to life, because it's one thing we've complained about where games like Hearthstone felt short, Heroes of the Storm kind of felt isolated and, and didn't have that draw. Diablo, we kind of, I don't know about you, but most of the people I talk to are sort of bored with it. This kind of renews that interest and introduces new people to it, potentially people that maybe didn't quite look at these games and they're doing a fantastic job of that. And you touched on something that I think is really cool, too. And I'm going to I'll go right from Kel'Thuzad into this one, that Hearthstone animated short. It wasn't just an animated short. It was a fucking musical. It was a fucking musical with all these weird characters. None of the characters from any of the IPs. Uh, as far as like named or, or lore characters, just Hearthstone people sitting around a tavern of every race from from all of Warcraft, sort of just chilling out, having a good time with magic mice and fey dragons and all sorts of cool stuff, and all welcoming this young girl, uh, Ava, to the Hearthstone Inn. And it's this cool, cool moment because apparently, and I thought this was interesting, there's going to be more shorts and a comic that involve her coming out soon too. Well, that's the point because as I was watching it, I was thinking like, holy fuck, how much did they spend on this? Cause this is a lot longer than just a trailer at this point now. Cause I, it, I don't know if the, the trailer that they put out quote unquote trailer is the same one that they showed, or if there's an extended one in the regular one, because the one that I watched on their Twitch live stream today was fucking long. <laughs> I'm going like, was... what the hell is going on here? And then it's afterwards when you're listening to them and they're saying, oh, that's just an intro. These characters, this is who they are. And now mm-hmm. they're going to, you know them, they're going to be in comics and in short films. And it was like, ah, now I get it. I never would have thought <laughs> to branch a card game out like that. But fuck, I'm happy they are. I, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. And, and, and this is another instance where because because Hearthstone, even though it's set in sort of the the Warcraft universe, because it's so open ended and it doesn't really it, it doesn't have to subscribe to the same rules that like the MMO does or anything like that. They can do whatever the hell they want. And it, so they can do stuff like this. It's Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. They can bring in any characters that they want and just kind of play with them in that sandbox. And so, yeah, I think it's fucking awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do because it's going to depend on 
just how tongue in cheek they're going to go with the writing. So it's going to depend very much on who they get to write these things. And then again, I, I'm, I can't wait to see it. Me either. I'm, I'm very happy that they're deciding to go full, uh, full Disney. And I yeah. think Taryn, yeah. Taryn Gregory, the guy who's been doing most of their cinematic stuff forever uh, and is the head of that, that sort of team in general and broad scopes. I, I know damn well he's giddy every single day. I mean, just look at look at his icon on Twitter. He's he's a fucking you know. <laughs> yeah. Now we also got another short for Overwatch, and this one is Rise and Shine, and it's actually the backstory, or at least some of the backstory for May. Um, despite Roger hating May, she's horrible. Uh, I May, I adore May is horrible. She, she is she's a, a despicable human being is what she is she's terrible no she's <laughs> her and she's anna wonderful they fucking suck i hate them <laughs> well in the short we actually get to see her at uh, echo point basically the far north overwatch uh bastion and they're getting ready to do sort of this cryo sleep where they're going to there's a big storm coming they're gonna go into a hibernation sort of uh, period until the storm's over, and meanwhile, they're going to gather data from that storm. Well, it turns out that what was supposed to be a couple weeks turned into nine years, and she's woken up, and she goes through this whole big Disney-esque routine. Uh, her little robot pal, Snowball, who is a plucky robot, which I'm absolutely a sucker for, you know, helps her out. And there's a big scene where she's brushing her teeth and everything, and then she realizes that shit gone sideways. All of her friends are dead. They didn't survive the cryostasis process. She's the only one that woke up. Uh, all of the communications are down. She slept through the Omnic crisis. She completely slept through the disbanding of Overwatch and everything that happened afterward. It, she's waking up to find all of her friends are dead. All of her you know, companions and teammates are gone or, or she doesn't know where they are. And not only that, she can't go anywhere or do anything. So it, what really impressed me about this, and this is something that I complain about in movies all the time. May is a genius. Her character is supposed to be super fucking intelligent scientist. So what does she do? She creates solutions to her problem. She figures out using the science and the elements available to her, how to fix the satellite dish. How is they show the birth of her, her specific weapon, uh, how she came up with the chemical for it, how she, you know, used a hairdryer and random other bits that she found throughout the entirety of the base to create her frost gun. And it's kind of one of those cool moments because she didn't need anybody's help. She figured it out on her own. She did get a little assistance from Snowball when he uh, gave her a little bit of extra energy and which I definitely teared up because <laughs> it was Plucky Robot doing the right thing because I'm a sucker for Plucky Robots. But it, it was just kind of a cool moment because it's like she figured out a way out. And then you see her going out into the world. She's like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I'm going to go save lives with all this stuff, that, with all this information that I have. It's time for me to do the right thing. And it was just cool. It was just well done. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, I love the robot. I was rooting for that robot <laughs> and the storm. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it was well of done. Course. And that's another thing, too. Like, I love the fact that the stories that they tell in the shorts for Overwatch feel so genuine and they flow really well into the comics and everything else. It's just great. I want to see more. We still need to see what happened, like McCree's backstory. We still need so many more characters to have some some love and attention paid to them. And I, I need I need more. Okay. more. Now, you said McCree. 
was I imagining when I saw her looking at the the other pods of the other people who did not make it that there was malfunctions? One of them I thought said McCree on it. So okay, I'm gonna go off the rails for a couple of seconds here and share with you guys a tinfoil hat theory. <laughs> it's because he didn't have a navel, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is. So okay, so hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yes, I noticed that too, and I haven't pointed that out quite yet uh, uh, on Twitter because I'm waiting to 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 point that in Matthew Rossi's face and watch him go off the deep end a little bit. But yeah, one of the tanks did say McCree and, and this could be, sorry, go ahead. No, no, nothing. I was just going to say, okay, I didn't imagine it because I was, I was fairly certain, but then I was thinking, okay, was there another McCree that I don't know about? Or maybe it's a longer name, whatever. Cause it's kind of hard to tell the angle a little bit. Yeah. I'm actually going to like go back through, pause it and take a screenshot of it because I, I did say McCree saw that. And I was like, huh? So I'm curious if McCree is actually a clone or, or a regrow of another McCree or if it's a family member that maybe was part of Echo Point. So and this all started because during the summer games for Overwatch, I noticed that McCree does not have a belly button. So he was not, at least if we're going with current science, which seems to be what Overwatch is mostly based on, well... If you don't have a, a belly button, you didn't have an umbilical cord, which means you weren't birthed normally. So and it's just so noticeable. It's yeah. a, again, if this is a throwaway thing where the art was rushed or somebody screwed up, then they're having a good laugh because we've been conditioned now by them because of shit that they do that there's a reason for everything. And so when I see this and the first time I saw it, it was like, it's so noticeable mm -hmm. because again, you've got widow right fucking beside him and widow has a navel, but he doesn't. And it looks weird. Like the every shape of it, every character that bears a midriff in any of the costumes has a navel. Yeah. All it's just do. weird. It's just fucking weird. And, and again, if it is the art crew screwed up, you guys really fucked up. <laughs> Get your shit together because that looks weird. <laughs> but I, you know, but that's the thing. I don't think they did. I think this is another one of those things that they sort of hid in plain sight and are waiting for people to pick up on. It well, just, based on that tank, yeah, yeah. And if I'm right, I can't wait to rub it in people's faces that told me I was fucking crazy. So, hey, <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> now. Of course, the bulk of, of their news, at least so far, has also been revolving around Legion and uh, the upcoming Shadows of Argus patch, which is apparently coming out next week, which is really, really fast as far as working as far as I'm concerned. Like it's we knew it was coming, but they didn't say when. And now they're just like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to get in like five days. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's actually already downloading as we're talking right now. But it was kind of this cool reveal trailer where it's all these these scenes, all these great characters and the traveling to Argus. But not only that, we learned a couple of things. First of, first of all, the Vindicar, the ship that they're going on, we actually get to see it, it translate through time and space, which I think is really, really cool. The second thing is we learned that every week or so, there's going to be another cinematic in patch 7.3 that reveals more of the in-game story to compensate or to, to coincide with all of the questing in the new zones that you're doing. That's really fucking huge. And they've revealed the first cinematic, which is this very wonderful, deep and interesting conversation 
between Illidan and Velen. Illidan knows more about Velen than I think Velen realizes. And it, this this cool conversation between the two of them happens. It's Illidan saying, you're blinded by your righteousness. You need to be a little more open to maybe destroying your enemies. And Velen's like, no, we walk the light. And, and you can see like the sort of shift in Velen as they talk. But the coolest part about that to me was at the end, they did something that they haven't done ever in expansions. There were bringing characters that we interacted with in other instances and in other tiers with us. One of the things that irritated me is that there's been a lot of characters throughout the history of Warcraft that we sort of just left behind when we were done with them, or, or they sort of took up like a token position somewhere and they were nowhere to be found. I noticed this on, like at the end of the cinematic, the, the Nightborn are there. The, the elves that we have spent an entire time saving and curing their affliction and freeing from the hold of the Legion are on the ship with us. They're coming with us and fighting alongside us. That's the first time they've ever actually made a conscious decision to carry NPCs from a previous tier along with you. And I think that's really, really cool because well, normally we just finish and forget. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things that I noticed even before this and before you brought that up uh, in Guild Wars, because I've been back in Guild Wars too and, and having a ton of fun and, what I found was very cool is because I've been doing the the story now to try to get through the seasons as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that Arena does very, very well. The, the, the important characters bounce around a lot to different places and you interact with them at different points and different things. I, I really respect them for that because it the important characters are, it's it feels like they're always around, but it feels like they're active, they're living, they're doing things as well. Yes. And then you kind of meet up with them at, uh, at different points. So like if they can do more of that kind of mentality, then they're, they're, they're going to do a lot better with their their questing as a whole because then we're more invested in the people that we're playing the the characters that we're playing with it it, it just smacks of better storytelling and that's what we've been asking for at least from this podcast for damn sure yeah we want more consistencies we want better storytelling and it looks like they're actually starting to do that along that same vein and this is going to be a potential spoiler warning if anybody uh cares about what's coming after legion there was a leak or, or what we feel is a leak posted to uh, Imager earlier this, uh, this week. And it is speculation as to, or led to further speculation to the next expansion. Now I'm really happy with this because I've been crying about this and calling this since Legion dropped. It's called Veil of Shadows, or at least that's what it is. And it's supposed to be a seafaring expansion. A mysterious darkness perverts the land, affecting the emotions of its inhabitants. Take charge in the many adventures across familiar new lands to discover the root of evil. Manifest your power of your full potential with Titan artifacts. Yay! And set the sea, uh, or set to the sea on mighty warships against your enemies. Uh, the Dragon Isles, Kultiris, and Najatar await. I've been begging for this stuff forever. At the beginning of Legion, Jaina Proudmore leaves Dalaran. She's she's done with the Kirin tour. Well. Her brother's dead. Her dad's missing. She is the sole ruler of Kul Tiras. She is basically the pirate mage queen at this point. We have no clue what she's been doing this entire expansion. I called that she was going back to Kul Tiras and raising a fucking army. <laughs> I think I was right. 
Uh, because be awesome. I mean, if you're that pissed off at both factions, you're like, wait a minute, I don't need the alliance. Fuck the horde. I got an army on an island nation that, well, if I landlock them, they can't do shit, and we're the best sailors in the fucking world. Let's do this. That's fucking awesome. If they can do that and really bring out the badass in the character, that'd be a ton of fun. Because that's one of the things that Chrissy Golden played with mm-hmm. in, uh, which one was that? Uh, war the, crimes. War crimes, yeah. And, yep. Primarily war crimes. She did a good job with the other ones too, of course, with that character. But no, war crimes was when you really saw her like losing it and not being like not far from turning to, well, for lack of a better She was analogy, a better variant. What's that? She was a better variant as far as that the Sentinel Madness went. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it was if they can kind of play with that, that'd be very interesting. Now, the reason that this is important and, and why we've been speculating is one of the things we've been fighting in Legion is the Emerald Nightmare, which we speculated that we actually woke up the old god that seeded it uh, because everything, the, the artifacts, the interactions, everything sort of points to this thing where, yeah, we, we think we woke up an old god. Well, that old god is said to be sleeping in a city that lives under the water. And it basically it play off the Cthulhu uh, mythos of, of Ryleth. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that that's the darkness that's been corrupting the water uh, place that we're going to have to go deal with because we're we're off planet at this point, and we haven't dealt with anything with dealing with this this thing since we sort of cleared out the Emerald Nightmare, and this is perfect to me because it's like we as heroes are so short sighted. We're like, yeah, we got to go to that planet and handle that. Okay, bye, Azeroth. Uh, we we didn't get you a babysitter. You're old enough. Uh, you can take care of yourself. We'll be back in a little while. Meanwhile, while we're kicking ass on uh, demon planet zero the old gods are like well shit i'm just gonna put tentacles everywhere fuck it y'all y'all left <laughs> and that's exactly what i expect to happen and it looks like that's going to be it especially with uh najatar najatar is the uh naga city under the water too and that's where uh ajara rules all of the naga and ajara made a deal with an old god for more power to kind of do what she needs to do so it makes perfect sense I'm actually super excited about that because I want more old God stuff because the old God stuff is tied in more heavily with the Titans and the Titan mythos is, is very interesting and in how it's integrated with the rest of the, the universe. And we even see some of that. Like, I, I know you're not really playing the game right now, but I logged in the other day and there was sort of a, a pre Argus uh, scenario where uh, Maggie Bronzebeard now made out of pure diamond uh, and, and is being the mouthpiece for Azeroth sort of summons you and whoa, you go to one whoa, of the end. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we talked about this. Did you not remember Back this? the fuck up. What? Did we? Why yeah. do I not remember this? When, Before when did... Legion ever came out, they did Oh, the maybe that's why. Okay, sorry. I probably forgot. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, okay, so for those that don't remember, in Cataclysm, Magni tried to save the world by communing with the world, communing with Azeroth. Azeroth is a titan soul inside of an egg, basically. Planet's an egg. When he did this, she was like, oh, you're talking to me. I can use you to talk to everybody else. Fuck it. You're mine now. And turns him into this diamond creature. He wakes up at the beginning of Legion. And there's this whole comic about him coming to. And his entire purpose is to be the mouthpiece and talk to Azeroth so that she can communicate with us. The scenario that they just released and it, they didn't mention anything. There was nothing in the PTR about it. It just sort of dropped out of nowhere which I was very happy with. You get a summons and you go back to Sholazar Basin, some a place that most people haven't been forever. Hey, it's in Northrend. 
go figure. Tracking with everything else that's been going on in all the other games, focusing on Northrend. I like it. So you go and you go into the the Terrace of the Makers, which is a place that has been in the game for since week one of the the Northrend expansion, but we never really did anything with it. There were a bunch of, of Titan constructs. You go in there, you just die. And they scaled them up over the course of expansions too to kind of keep you out of there unless you could stealth. Well, now you go in, they're friendly to you because you've been summoned by somebody who's working for Azeroth, working for a Titan. And you go through and you find out that the old gods and the Legion have been trying to corrupt her, which we know about, but you actually free her from a nightmare. And you start to see things like different old god stuff, different corrupted faceless ones. You actually see a form of Sargeras himself. It, it, you free her from this and you have this community, this, this sort of moment where you commune with her and then it leads into all of this stuff. Like it's a setup not only for the next patch, but for the next expansion. And I think that's fucking cool that they're starting to actually care about that. That sounds freaking awesome, actually, especially the stuff going back to Solzar Basin, because that's mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time there because of course <laughs> there's the fucking hunter pet there the cat yep uh what is it lock and lock lock something and uh and so i was constantly there because also uh was it there's a wolf or there's something else there too that you can get there's that, uh the unborn valkyr pet that you can get oh is that what it pet. is but there yeah. i know i did the rounds there over and over and over all the time I was always Oh, and there. the time-bound proto-drake, I think, is a, one of the drakes. Really? Yeah, there's a mount that actually spawns there as well. I didn't think it was in, in that zone, though. I don't think I, it goes I, that far. It might not be the time-bound, but I know no, there's I, I don't mount. think it's the time-bound. But yeah, you probably read the other one. But anyways, and it's I like that zone. I always have. I, I like the creatures that are there. I like the, the humanoid creatures that are there as well, because there's a couple of different camps there, the, what, the wolf are and the other things. Um. And oh like, yeah, the the oracles. Yeah, and I like the questing. I like the uh, what's her name? Faye? What's the the big big giant? Freya. What? Freya. Freya. Yeah, that's my honey. I like her. <laughs> well, and the, well, that's also important. We too, dated for a while. <laughs> well, you should be very very happy then because we talked about we talked about Anar coming back. Like Anar is alive. The the Titan that created for. So, like, this has implications. You're going back to Sholazar Basin, which Freya is there, still alive, doing her yeah. thing. And her creator is alive. That is awesome. That is very awesome. Sadly, so, it, it's funny because you're talking like, I, I'm not playing right now. But Tristan and I have both been bringing it up repeatedly for the last little while of, man, it'd be fun to bounce in, even if it's just a level of character or do some stuff and kind of things like that. But he keeps coming by and he'll tell me, it's up to 150 now. I was like, fuck <laughs> Goddamn tokens. If we're playing, we're going to have to pay because the tokens have gotten to a ridiculous amount. Well, you can thank Destiny 2 for that one. How do you figure that? You, you can can buy tokens and convert them into currency for your Blizzard account, and you can use it to buy any of their services or games. Oh, so yeah, you can buy yeah. it for 150 k gold, turn it into $15 USD, throw it into your account. You do that enough times you can just buy the game outright. A lot of people actually did that. Okay. Still sucks. Now, just to, to sort of touch on the, I will stand by my decision of saying that I think Legion is the best expansion they've ever done because of stuff like this. They're tying stuff together. They're, they're tying in old unused assets. They're actually going back 
in doing things with things that players found years ago that never got used for for anything or were forgotten or we thought were forgotten and it's actually a really cool thing because they're like we have this rich story this rich lore moment and, and i know that they actually just hired a uh, a person to make sure all the lore was accumulated and proper like they're actually making sure that there's a continuity to their stuff now they they actually had a position for this that they hired somebody into well uh, you talk they, go ahead i think they call it like the archivist or whatever but it it's cool because they're actually going back and saying hey we never did anything with this we could do something with this or hey this is where the story is going we we have this already it's over here we should we should we should integrate these and it's cool because it it makes you go to these other places, these places you might have forgotten about. Well, the thing, too, is with with Northrend, like you're saying, it's like everywhere there's hints of the old gods or titans or things like that. Like even for me, who's a noob about that kind of stuff compared to you guys, I I see it everywhere. So when when this rumor comes out, I'm thinking, OK, well, look at all of the be it a dungeon or the Alduar or different things like that, that they can play with and kind of integrate into that idea of okay what does this mean now when in relationship to the old gods and 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 things like that and titans and i think that's that's bloody awesome i mean it's again it's i I will stand by my decision of saying that i think it is the the best expansion that they've ever done and we'll see hopefully that it carries on through 7.3 i don't think it's well again that it's 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 subjective. That's the thing. Like everybody's going to have a favorite. So that's yours. Certainly not mine, but I like where they're going with it now. But I will be, again, I can't stress this enough. I'll be so fucking happy when we're not dealing with the Legion anymore. Like, move on to new stuff. So that's why when this rumor was talking about the Titans and the Old Gods, I go, oh, now that I'm interested in. I'm, I'm more interested in the fact that they're they're hinting that maybe <laughs> Pandaren can be Druids. That's more important to me. <laughs> but still, I like the idea of questing with the old gods and Titans, too. Yeah, and then, you know what? And that's the other thing, too, is with the new expansion is going to come new class race combinations, most likely. And they're probably going to do stuff that people have been asking for. Like, I would love to see a Pandaren Druid. It just makes fucking sense. Oh, God. You, you got a panda for your bear form, a snow leopard or something like that for your cat form, a... Um, for your your orca for your 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 uh underwater and then some fucking who cares a fox or a wolf or something for your your a fox your for the gazelle. travel form would make sense um, and then an ice or dragon crane. for our flight form yeah, yeah bastards sure. you owe us a dragon form <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's lots of cool stuff coming blizzard blizzard is doing their homework and gamescom has proven that and it it's a good time to be a blizzard fan for any of the games that you want Except for StarCraft, because StarCraft is still coming. Yeah. You want to touch on Overwatch's deathmatch coming up? So that's another interesting thing. A developer update was released by Jeff Kaplan where where they started, they stated a couple things. There's been a few of them over the course of the last couple weeks. First of all, there's going to be a deathmatch, something that they said they were never going to do. And Jeff Kaplan said, I guess we never should say never because everybody's been asking for it and we think we figured out how to do it. So we can go ahead and do it now. So it's going to be a traditional old school death match where you have a time limit and whoever gets the most kills at the end of it wins. And there's going to be two forms of it, free for all and team death match. Team death match is really, really cool because healers are very important here. It's not just about killing anymore because mercies, when they res, when they use their ultimate ability, it takes kills away from the enemy team. 
it's such a cool thing because it's one of the, the problems you have when you have a class-based system with death matches. Well, how do you incentivize people to, to really play a healer? Yeah, you keep people alive, but if everybody is just playing DPS, what are you supposed to do? And so it's like, well, here's your little cookie, and it's a really fucking good one because it's a strategic fuck you to the other team. Yeah, I like it. So, and then uh, they talked about the seasons are going to be a little bit shorter. So right now, seasons have been running three months. They're going to reduce them to two months so that people can cycle through the rewards quicker. Uh, so there's a little more cookies on that uh, sort of that keep you engaged. It, they're they're working at balancing things out as well, too. Uh, another thing that came down is Doomfist is getting nerfed a little bit because right now he's a little ridiculous and he can get places in the map you are not supposed to be. So they're they're kind of looking at that and trying to balance that out a little bit more. And then uh, maybe they'll nerf Anna's sleep for you. No, they're not motherfuckers, but they are going to be uh, nerfing Diva. They're giving her a new ability and they're nerfing her shield so she can only use it uh, half the time. Well, honestly, that's, that's good because yeah. unlike other shield char- characters, her shield doesn't diminish. It's only based on time. So she can sit there and absorb any alt. She can do anything as long as she's quick enough with the right click. There's no incentive not to use it almost constantly. Yeah. So I, I, I dig it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it does for that character because of the that other ability, too, that she's going to be getting. So that's going to be kind of cool to see. I do enjoy playing her. I, she's not a main by any stretch, but I really do still enjoy playing mm-hmm. her. But it is true that, like, she is the epitome of a fucking tank now kind of thing. So so this will be interesting. Did you see the, the, um, the video with uh, Junkrat? So that I thought was cool because it, it, first of all, it was awesome storytelling. We got that was the other short that we got for Overwatch, which yeah. was uh, basically Junkrat and Roadhog getting kicked out of Junkertown, and then coming up with this big scheme to get in, and then messing it up because Junkrat is comedic relief extraordinaire. And I thought it was absolutely fucking hysterical because you have you have Roadhog who doesn't say anything; it just stares at him, and, and Junkrat just keeps going and going and going. And is it me or did he sound very much like Mark Hamill in that? At points, yes. Yes, I thought that too. So it was a great way to introduce the new map that's going to be coming out, which is going to be a payload uh, escort and then control point map, uh, which is Junkertown. It's it's looks really fucking cool. It's like yeah. straight out of Mad Max. Yeah, I thought it looked awesome. And like we're getting a lot of stuff added. Like between the, the stuff that's going on like now with the summer games, because mm-hmm. Lucio Ball is still, it's still going on now. It's never going away either. Did you see that? Oh, it's, no, I didn't see that. There's always going to be a competitive Lucio Ball in um, in arcade mode. Huh. Well, that's awesome. That's freaking awesome. And um, and then the stuff with Widow as well, story-wise, mm-hmm. too. And then now uh, this was like, fuck, this is awesome. I love it. Nerf May. Banana. <laughs> 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 It, it is a, it is a very good time to be uh, again a Blizzard fan. They're 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 hitting it out of the park, and I got to give the Overwatch team credit. The amount of content that they are pushing out, like I know people have been complaining about, they want more skins, they want more skins, they want more skins. Look at all the other shit you're getting and stop complaining. I don't say that very often. I complain about a lot of things, but they keep adding more and more shit. 
So what? Your favorite character doesn't get an extra skin. It will happen eventually. Be happy. Be happy that you have new maps, new modes, new characters. Oh, God, yeah. The like, maps are a hell of a lot more important. You don't see your goddamn costume except in highlights. Like, seriously, there's very little point in changing outfit for the most part, except for what your yeah. hands and weapons look like and your little emotes. But other than that, who gives a flying fuck? So it's the maps that are important to me in the, the new classes. So, so yeah, no, I, I'm super happy with, with where it's going. I would be a little bit happier if a legendary drops in a fucking event <laughs> that it's the the Waiting event the skin event, yeah. is given priority over legacy skins. That would be a little nice blizzard if you want to tweak that a bit. But that's my only complaint. And me. I understand. <laughs> okay, was so, there any other blizzard news? That's I it think for that Blizzard it, news yeah. for me, unless you have anything else to add. No, I think that was it. Okay, we're going to touch on Life is Strange. There was also the Dishonored thing. Did you get a chance to look at that? I really liked that. Okay, I thought it was cool as well. We're going to get to that after Dis- uh, Life is Strange, because it's not going to be too long. Like, we got a, a little video for Before the Storm, and it's essentially the start of the game. So you're seeing Chloe long before Max... And even at the point where she was just meeting up with Rachel, who, if you've played Life is Strange, the original, is the girl who disappears. So this is, it was very much an intro. It wasn't, you're not being blown away by anything here. And there were even moments where I was like, "Eh, this is getting a little boring, actually, for a Life is Strange game. So... But, I mean, it's from, it's not from Don't Not, it's from Deck Nine, and we knew this going in. There's going to be some differences here, so I I think it might be a slower start, but I'm hoping that once it starts, it has the same kind of momentum and and grip on our souls that Life is Strange had kind of thing. Because here you're dealing with, with, you know, Chloe getting out of bed, getting dressed, so there's costuming, (laughs) and then basically chatting with David, who is the... The, the replacement dad that we saw and hated in Life is Strange. So here, he's basically just kind of, he's only been there for a little while. Like, his stuff is slowly moving into the house kind of deal. But he's still a fucking dick right from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> he was a horrible human being, okay? And uh, so, yeah, it, it's, I found that it was slow. It was, what, like, 15 minutes or so at least? So there was time for a little bit more going on. But I'm thinking that the majority of the people who are going to be playing this are going to be the ones who were uh, a fan of the first one. So we're more likely to give it the time that it needs story-wise to kind of get into it. That's where I'm torn, though, right? Because I understand that, and I I, I totally, totally get that. But you can't just make a game for your fans, especially... This is true. like, Like, with a game like this where it is very much about the story... You got to hook them early. And it's the same complaint I have about books, comics, and movies. You have to hook them early. You have to have something that happens early that makes a player interested. Because even if I know the story, even if I, I have a general idea of where things are going, if there's nothing there sort of to keep me going along that says, oh, yeah, this is, oh, this is really cool, or, oh, I didn't see that coming, what's the point of me playing it? Like, and I understand the oh the payoff comes later. The payoff comes later. You gotta get me. You gotta get your hooks in me early. You have to give me that breadcrumb. You have to give me something. Yeah. And this one just felt a little too slow. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not lying. That's why I was saying the same thing. I, I'm really hoping it picks up fairly fast. 
and or at, at minimum that that the drama is a lot more interesting because that first starting bit mm, not so much so so that's why i was saying i'm not going to be too long here but <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a podcast. You can't concentrate for a few minutes. <laughs> I, hey, I responded just fine. Thank you very much. I've been paying. Somebody is playing in MS Paint here with screenshots of McCree's missing navel. Okay, let's move on to Dishonored and then we'll be done. So we found out a little bit more about uh, the, the death of the outsider, uh, particularly about Billy Lurk and what her whole deal is. First of all, we know as we inter- met her in Dishonor 2, she's lost an arm, lost an eye. Uh, she was taken in by Dowd when she was a, an urchin on the street. He gave her a second life, and she was actually part of the group that killed the Empress and started this whole thing where, where Corvo went and got his powers and, and started the whole story of the two. It's It's one of those things where she's such an interesting character. She's so multi-layered because she's been everywhere. And we, and there's this big sort of speech when you figure everything out in the game where she admits to, to being part of that group. And here we're starting to see, yeah, not only was she part of that group, she was a really damn good assassin. And now she's back at it again. And her character model, she has a replacement arm. Her replacement arm is made out of pieces of the void made manifest in the material world, which is, new she has a weapon built into it that fires electromagnetic pulses at people that's cool her eye is an artifact also from the void interesting and the knife she wields is the same knife that was used to sacrifice the outsider that made him the outsider there's some really cool weird wacky fucking shit going on i haven't played it yet so i'm in the dark on this right now I, I haven't played it yet either, but I think it's... it's Sorry, I meant I haven't played Dishonored 2 yet. Oh, I still haven't okay. had a chance to play it, so that's why I'm kind of in the dark with the characters. But, I mean, it's it's such a cool thing because, well, you're familiar with the universe. And, oh, and of course, yeah. While the outsider gives you gifts, that's sort of a big thing for him to give you. It's the knife that killed him. And it, while the thing is, it's titled Death of the Outsider... I'm really curious what triggers everything. If it's the outsider is dead and this is all going on, or if you are legitimately going to kill the outsider and how you got that fucking knife. I want to know how she gets the fucking knife. Yeah. That's coming out soon too. Going back to these screenshots, just notice something. So thank you for taking the screenshot actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's my engineering on the, um, uh, the the pod, however, his name is Mukri. Yep. So either there was a changing of the spelling of his name, or that is somebody else. I'd lean towards that somebody else at this point. Sure. Now, now that we saw that, yeah. No, so do I, and I'm glad you took it because, like I said, <laughs> I had just seen Mukri, but I it was so small on my screen that I hadn't seen that it was an A versus a C. So okay, well we know conspiracy theory's gone, which means get your shit together for the art, you jackasses. <laughs> Mukri has a navel. <laughs> fair enough okay that is going to wrap it up for tonight thank you very much for listening folks I'm, I hope you did enjoy it and thank you again to Jazz for coming on and talking about Guild Wars 2 with us that was a lot of fun too stick around for our fuck lore <laughs> feature on a racing game and with that we will see you guys next week
Despite this being a lore-driven podcast, I don't believe that the fact that I'm a racing fan is lost on anyone. Just as most listeners also know that Joe loves platformers, and Vince likes to cackle maniacally as he chooses the genocide of an entire race. So when I got offered early access to Crash Day, Redline Edition, a remaster of the 2006 Crash Day, I jumped on it. I've been playing it before and since release, both solo and in group events. The game has come a long way. However, is that really enough to get more people into a pickup strapped with rocket launchers and machine guns? For those unaware, Crash Day blends racing and first-person shooters in an incredibly fun manner. There are a variety of activities ranging from aggressive racing to wrecking matches, stunt shows, capture the flag, and pass the bomb, a clever gameplay that's tense and gratifying. You can climb the ladder in career mode, mess around in your garage, or make tracks quite easily, actually. While the story elements did not impress me all that much, sorry, but any game that falls on cliches like suggesting the reason you need to keep racing is to make money because the women in your life keep blowing it all, while a tit shot remains plastered on the screen, juvenile and lazy and stupid. So I didn't bother much with the story elements in the career mode, simply skipping through the voice acting, which is something that I never do. That said, Crash Day isn't about story, so I'm willing to let that go and simply wreak havoc against any motherfucker that crosses my path. I found that nearly each testing session started the same. I played with a very critical, observant eye scanning the racetracks and various settings, as well as studying the cars and the impact damage on each. While Crash Day originally released in 2006, this is a 2017 remaster, and by all accounts, it should look better. The cars should handle just a touch better, and it should feel grander in scope. The thing is, there are a wealth of racing games available, and if what you're looking for is a destructive racing game, Burnout Paradise, which released two years after Crash Day, was and still is my absolute favorite in the genre, and it's available quite cheap and still looks amazing. But here's the thing, in each racing test for Crash Day Redline Edition, within five minutes, I was no longer analyzing handling or staring at bumpers and buildings around the racetrack. Within five minutes, I was laughing and cheering like a fool whenever I timed a spin-slash-drift that allowed me to hit someone who was tailing me with a rocket. Within five minutes, I was having an absolute blast, and minutes turned into hours without a thought. Whether speeding around an abandoned speedway, finding just the right angle to hit a ramp, or performing the perfect loop-to-loop within a tight prop, each mode offered something fun that could keep me occupied far too long. And then there are the races. There are several different cars that you can choose from, each modeled after actual cars, though not branded as such. Each handles as you'd expect such a car to handle, and you have different options for viewpoint. I found the handling a little loose overall, but that's because I primarily play more accurate racing games like Forza and Gran Turismo. Though I will say that even Need for Speed games and Burnout Paradise handle better overall. But part of the fun of Crash Day is that frantic feel of racing down a track, barely able to keep the wheels on the pavement while simultaneously dodging and firing rockets. When you've got a Lambo in your rear view and you see that familiar puff of rocket smoke, how well your truck can take a corner becomes the least of your worries, replaced by concerns about whether you should smash into the apartment complex on your left or the ramp on your right. FYI, the answer is always the ramp. Lastly, and this 
plays a very large role in deciding whether you should pick this title up or not versus other titles. It's only 12 bucks on Steam as of this recording. For the level of fun this game provides, that is an absolute steal. And thanks to bot support, the game won't get boring anytime soon. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.